This is the Transforming Destinies broadcast of the Christ Chapel Ministries International. Ministering is Reverend James Hanson Saki, the senior pastor and author of the life-transforming book, Doing the Master's Will. Reverend James is a prolific preacher of the Word of God with a profound apostolic and prophetic mandate to set in order the things that are out of order in the church with emphasis on evangelism, prayer, righteousness, discipline and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry is committed to raising and establishing model New Testament Christians who know their place in God. It is our prayer that the Lord will minister to your individual needs through this message. Now, sit back and listen to Reverend James Hanson Saki as he ministers the undiluted Word of God with a special unction. May the Lord continue to enlighten you. Hello and welcome to the Transforming Destinies broadcasts of the Christ Chapel Ministries. This is a continuation of the series I began on the effect of the Spirit. And we established the fact that when one is filled with the Spirit of God, there are noticeable behavioral changes that must be seen. Now, our key scripture is Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. It reads, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, we established the other day that when you are filled with, instead of being filled with wine, you must be filled with the Spirit. And there was a, not a good contrast or comparison there because anytime someone takes in alcohol, the effect of the alcohol can be seen in a behavioral change of the individual concerned. Now, in the same way, Paul is teaching that when we get filled with the Spirit, the same effect must be seen because, you know, the Spirit of God is not naked to the physical eye. When anyone says, I'm filled with the Spirit of God, there is no way we can know except we have an evidence, a physical manifestation. And we sought out the other day that one of the initial manifestations of the infilling with the Holy Ghost is speaking in unknown tongues. Now, our infilling with the Holy Ghost in the life of the Christian, we said the other day, must also not be limited to just speaking in tongues. There must be clear-cut character and behavioral changes of anyone that is truly filled with the Spirit of God. Now, today we'll look at the second thing that can happen or the effect of the Spirit of God in an individual in this particular category. And what we're talking about is that when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, as we learned the other day, is that it draws you to a place of prayer. The second thing that can happen is that it also moves you to have an attitude of forgiveness. An attitude of forgiveness. So he said, be drunk with wine. Instead of being drunk with wine, be drunk with the Spirit. Now, people who are drunk with wine, you know, we, we say they are abnormal. That is, they are behaving beyond their normal behavior. Now, anyone that is also truly filled with the Spirit of God will behave in an abnormal pattern because the Spirit of God is in you. You see, when people are filled with the spirit of the devil, they do things. And when you look at it, say, no, something is in this guy. There is a spirit in him that is making him do bad things. So when the spirit of God is also in you, there are certain things you would do that is abnormal. And because God and man are flowing at abnormal wavelengths, you know, when someone doesn't think the way you think, 
you describe the person as unreasonable or abnormal. In the same way, when the Bible says that the heavens are higher than the earth, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways and his thoughts. So if God's ways and thoughts are different from us, we from our position may say he's abnormal. In the same way, if his spirit is in us, then his spirit will cause us to behave abnormally. I believe that you have understanding up to this point. But then let's pick it up from here. Because the attitude of forgiveness is an abnormal attitude. No normal, sane human being was born with any genes in him that codes for forgiveness. It's not possible. You, 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 before you walk in forgiveness, you must really have something in you or someone in you that will compel you to do otherwise. And that is the, the thrust of my message today. So if we look at Jesus again, because we saw in Luke chapter 4 verse 1, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he manifested certain abnormal behaviors that is not normal for a normal human being to really walk in. And one of the ways, one of the behaviors he put up, or showed up, or manifested, is that behavior of an attitude of forgiveness. Please, come with me to Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Luke 23, 34. The Bible says that Jesus Christ has some issues to settle with Pilate and the chief priests and all the other people. So in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, the Bible says that then said Jesus, let's read from verse 32. There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. Please, the word crucifixion means they drew nails through his palms, through his feet. They hanged him on a tree and put these nails through and kept him there to die. It was a painful way of dying. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. 34. Then Jesus said, a man filled with the spirit, though maltreated, though crucified, and not yet dead, made the following unusual declarations for a man to make. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, and even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he is Christ the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked at him, coming and offering him sour wine. And they mocked at him. The Bible said Jesus prayed that these people, despite what they have done to him, God should forgive them. Please, if you are very, very normal, you will not pray this prayer. This is the time to invoke curses on said people. This is the time to ask the thunder and lightnings to strike them. This is not the time to honestly, humanly speaking, to pray for forgiveness of people. So you see, because he was filled with the Spirit, that is why he prayed this way. I mean, your family, if you are the one going through this, and you pray this prayer, your family will even disown you before you die. They'll say, what do you mean? This is a time to invoke a curse on them. Have you tried to forgive those who have done so much evil? Contrary to the pleasure of your family members, I have been there before. So what I'm saying to you is that 
Jesus was able to forgive because he was filled with the Spirit of God. And please, he did not forgive just because of the fun of it. Look at what he went through. The Bible said he was crucified. And in the midst of the pain, he could forgive. Now let me announce to you, you can never say that you have truly forgiven somebody until you get to the place where you can pray for that person. So forgiveness is in levels. We don't just say with my mind, well, I've forgiven them. They are not in my heart. They are still somewhere in your heart. You are holding them in your heart. The only way you can tell that you are forgiving them is to pray for them like Jesus did. So we, we come to the place where true forgiveness, Holy Spirit inspired forgiveness, moves us to the place where we get to the point of praying for the people who have done so much evil to be hated. And that is where I'm challenging you to get to. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit feeling Jesus made him behave such a way. We cannot do that without the Spirit of God upon our lives. So look at the clarity of things that happened to him for him to make such a prayer. Number one, the Bible says in John 18, 22, John 18, 22, the Bible says, and they slapped him in the face. John chapter 18, verse 22, they slapped him in the face. Has someone slapped you before? If you have been slapped and you could forgive, you are nearing the level and the ministry of Jesus. That is where you are coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That scripture which was said in Ephesians chapter 4, that is the level we have to come to. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, one of the characteristics of that measure is that you could forgive when people have slapped you in the face. Jesus was slapped and yet he prayed for the people to be forgiven. It should be abnormal. To do that. And that is somewhat drunk in the spirit. Abnormal behavior. Now, look at it again. The Bible says in, in so John 18, 22, they slapped him. John chapter 19, verse 2 to 3. John 19, 2 to 3. Let me, let me read that one for you. The Bible says, so, verse 1 says, So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. In other words, they whipped him. They lashed him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Please, crown of thorns going through the muscles and tissues of the head, resulting in blood dripping through his face. And the boss, and they put him on a purple robe, put on him a purple robe, and they mocked at him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with the palm of their hands. And he went through this. Look at one more thing that happened to him. Matthew 26, verse 60. In Matthew 26, verse 60, the Bible says, false witnesses rose up. Have you been accused falsely before? It's the most painful place to find yourself. When people assume things around you and say things they ought not to say, you feel like cursing them. But you see, that is when you are flesh and blood. But when you are truly filled with the Holy Spirit and your old nature had died and the spirit that has come into you is if is affecting your character in this dimension, you will forgive unconditionally. And you see, it takes someone filled with the Spirit to come to that level. Look at Jesus. The Bible says, and there were false witnesses. False witnesses. 2660. 2660. The Bible says, and there were false witnesses. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said so many things. You will bear witness that Jesus was crucified based on the evidence of false witnesses. And so if you knew you haven't done what they said and they hung you on that cross, please, if you are very normal, that is not the time to pray that God should forgive them. That is the time to ask for the heavens to judge them. 
But when you are filled with the Spirit of God, like someone who is drunk, you behave abnormally. And that is the level we are supposed to get to as Christians and children of God. Now, look at one more thing that should be very difficult for you to have forgiven like the way Jesus did. In, in Matthew 26, verse 67, the Bible said, Then they spat in his face and beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands. They spat in his face. So at the time he was praying in Luke 23, verse 34, that fathers should forgive them, part of the spittle was still on his face. It has not been cleaned. It was still in his face. And he was praying for their forgiveness and that the Lord should have mercy on them. If you could pray that way, it means you have forgiven already. And please, it must take someone truly filled with the Spirit. Now, can I ask you at this moment, looking at what I've just said so far, are you sure you are really filled with the Spirit of God? <laughs> because the Bible says the spittle was still in his face. If you have been spat upon before, you understand it is disgrading, it is dehumanizing. We do that to people who, who, who we don't classify as humans. Even people will not spit on their dogs and pets at home. So when someone spits at you, it's serious. And with the spittle still in his face, with the blood still drooling on his face, with the thorns still in place, with the pain, all that in place, and with the mockery, you know, we were not designed to be mocked at. There is no gene in us that encodes for mockery, that can tolerate mockery. The Bible said it is not possible. The, the one who is mocked at is, is dehumanized, disgrading, and above all, you know, it, it really discourages you from pursuing your dream and Jesus suffered all these things and yet could pray for forgiveness. You see, it was only possible because he is full of the spirit in him. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that upon all this, apart from all this, the Bible says that Peter also said he didn't know him. Peter also betrayed him. His best friend betrayed him. Judas came and also betrayed him. And above all, I love that scripture in Gethsemane. The Bible says when he was arrested, all his disciples, all men fled and forsook him. To be abandoned that way and still pray for forgiveness, you must be superhuman. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. This is why the Holy Spirit is in your life. The Holy Ghost in your life enables you to forgive like Christ did. Because that same spirit was upon him. Jesus did what he did because of the spirit of God in him. So all fled and forsook him, yet he forgave. It is an abnormal behavior, but you can come to that place. You see, one of the reasons why it's not possible for you to forgive is that we meditate on the offense to the extent that it becomes impossible for us to forgive. The reason why you continue to hold on to that bitterness in your heart, to that unforgiveness, is because we meditate on the offense. And let me announce to you, when you meditate on something, you will get revelation in the thing. When you meditate on the offense, you will get deeper meanings to the, to the offense that the person originally did not even mean. The more you meditate on the offense, the more deeper things you will have, the more readings you will read into it, the more revelations you have, and the more revelations you have, the more entrenched the unforgiveness and the, posi the, the, the position you take becomes. Let me announce to you, leave that mentality. The Bible encourages us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, that finally, my brethren, if there be any praise and if there be any virtue, think on these things. If there be anything that is praiseworthy, 
those are the things we need to think about. So one of the remedies for this particular position we take, because we meditate, we think on the evil that have been, that have been done against us. And the more you think about such an evil, you can't forgive. But you know what? Start thinking about things that are good, things that are lovely, things that are of good report, things that are noble. The Bible said in Philippians 4, 8, that if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, these are the things you need to meditate upon. So I came to encourage you. The bitterness is there. The pain is there. But if you are truly filled with the spirit, you can't hold on to unforgiveness forever. Something is wrong. You cannot say from today that you are filled with the spirit and still walk in unforgiveness. You are not real. You, you, are, you are a hybrid of something God didn't make. Anyone that is truly born of God has the nature of God and can forgive. And I have come to that place. I have forgiven people who have done evil against me. I have decided to release them. Because how can I say that I'm filled with the spirit and still cannot walk in love? Now, you see, so so that is a very important thing we have to look at. Now, you know, when I was teaching you, first, like First Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, and First Samuel 16, 13, where we look at David, that David was anointed with the Spirit of God and had the Spirit of God filling his life. Now, look at David and look at an abnormality again. Someone filled the Spirit of God, did what David did, because if, if, if David were not filled with the Spirit of God, he would not be able to do what he did. Please come with me to 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now this was after Saul, the first king of Israel, had died. And the Bible says that there had been a long civil war between the house of David and the house of Saul. And David already had been on the wanted list of King Saul. On many occasions, Saul wanted to kill him. Now Saul had died. David wanted to come to the throne. Abner, who actually was also the uncle of Saul, but then also was the commander of the army of Israel in those days, had teamed up with the house of Saul. And there had been a bitter civil war, a serious, what I call a serious fratricidal war had, had taken place. Many people had died in the process. It has been a bitter war and, and it's a time for revenge. Anyone that came on the throne must do a house cleansing exercise, you know, as it happened in Rwanda, in, in, in some other countries where there are military coups and you really wipe all the generals away and all those things. These are what we call house cleansing exercise because it is a bitter revenge. Sometimes you can wipe a whole tribe away because of this sort of thing. But in this case, David, the Bible says in chapter 3 of 2 Samuel, verse 1, now there was a long war. The longer the war, the longer the bitterness, the longer the pain. So there was a long war. Many people died. And one of the people that also died was David's own nephew. You know, David had some mighty men, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. And these were also no ordinary soldiers in his army. They were David's sister's children. And in that war, in that long war, Abner, the army commander, backing the family of Saul, killed Asahel, the brother of Joab. So David lost his own sister's son in the process. This will lead David to come under so much pressure from his sister and from his family that they must revenge at all costs. And the Bible says, so this long war went on, but David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. But after all this, David came to the throne, and I was shocked. I was shocked by his statement. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, you must be very abnormal to say the things David said. The Bible says, after David had come to the throne, 
and it's time for revenge. He did the opposite. Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Wow. This is interesting. Somebody that they've killed your own nephew. Some of your soldiers had died. Your life is even at risk. And this house had fought you. You come to the throne. The normal thing to do is to wipe them off. But the Bible said, a man that is filled with the spirit did the abnormal. He did what the spirit of God will effect in your life. The Bible said, he rather asked, is there anybody else in that house that I can show him kindness? Can you say that about that man who offended you? About that woman who offended you? About that pastor who offended you? About that sister who offended you? Can you say the same thing? That can I show love to them? Can I pray for them? Have, have you come to the place where you can pray for those people who did bitter things against you, spoke evil against you and pray for them? I, I just came to tell you to be a Christian. My ministry is to grow Christians, to, to encourage Christians, to grow in the Lord. And, and this is the process of discipleship, to really turn you over, to be a practical Christian. And my message to you is, are you truly filled with the Spirit? Because people who are filled with the Spirit, this is their behavior. It is totally opposite what people will say. David would have come under pressure from his sister, but he listened to the instructions of the Holy Spirit. I just came to encourage you. Would you listen to the instructions of the Holy Spirit and forgive that brother and forgive that sister? and walk in total forgiveness. It doesn't appear to be possible, humanly speaking, but I came to encourage you, you need the Holy Spirit to help you do this. Jesus did that because he was full of the Holy Spirit. David did that because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you also say you are filled with the Spirit, can I ask, can you forgive? Because it wasn't only David. Paul had the same experience in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He said, at my first trial, at my first defense, no man stood with me. All the people who expected to stand with him, all of them fled. And they left him alone. And Paul prayed a prayer. He said, but I pray that the Lord will not lay it to their charge. Maybe let me read it for you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. I'm always touched by that scripture. Because, you know, for, when people abandon you, that's the most painful place to find yourself in life whether in ministry, in career, when people turn their backs on you, it's a very painful place. And that's why you feel like cursing them so that they will see how life is. But you know what? Look at Paul. He said in 2 Timothy 3.16, he said, oh, 2 Timothy 4.16, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, 2 Timothy 4.16, he says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. He had people who were working with him. All of them forsook him. Just like Jesus, his people deserted him. May it not be charged against them. Oh my God. This is a man that is truly filled with the spirit. So he said, may it, he prayed for them. You see what I taught you earlier. I said, you can never say you have forgiven till you have prayed for the people who have offended you. He said, may it not be laid to their charge. I, I just came to challenge you this day that anyone that has offended you, I want you tonight to take this step, if you are truly filled with the Spirit of God, to pray for them. And, and if you have not been filled with the Spirit of God, I, I, that is why I'm here. I, I just want to encourage you that you need the Holy Spirit in your life. And the only way to have the Holy Spirit in your life is to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. When you confess Him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says He will send His Holy Spirit into your life. 
when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, then you have this effect in you that will manifest. There, will be, there must be a clear-cut character change. If people knew you as somebody who cannot forgive, now that you are filled with the Spirit of God, they must see you able to forgive so easily and move on in this life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So just like Jesus, he forgave. And then Paul also forgave. And Jesus taught us that if we want our prayer to be answered, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, he said that if you are going to pray and you remember your brother has offended you, leave your gift at the altar and go and sort it out with your brother. You know, just like we offended God, but he came down to our level and related with us. Sometimes we feel like they have offended us. They must come and say sorry. You know what? Reach out just like Jesus because Jesus was filled with the Spirit. It is the nature of the Godhead. It's the behavior of the Godhead to come to men who have offended them. So when your brother offends you, your sister offends you, you must reach out to them and get to them. But you see, you can't do it when you are in flesh and blood. You need the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I know some of you may know the Holy Spirit. You are even speaking in tongues. But this practical area is difficult because you meditate on the offense. I came to talk you out of the meditation of the offense and meditate on the word of God. The message I'm giving you today, meditate on it and act on it and it shall be well with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So pray for those. In fact, Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, Jesus gave a very strange prescription also there. He said, pray for your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Hey, to pray for them. That is somebody that is led of the Spirit of God. So I just came to tell you today that all these things are possible. And I want to lead you to ask for forgiveness for your unforgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. Because that's where you are. Some of you are feeling guilty at the sound of my voice. But I came as a servant of God to just encourage you that your sins can be forgiven and that you can come to the place of forgiveness. Let me pray with you right now. I want you to close your eyes wherever you are. And I want to pray with you. Father, I commit my hearers into your hands. I've shared your word with them on forgiveness. Father, it is not humanly possible to easily forgive like that. Let the effect of the Holy Spirit be seen in their lives right now. And Lord, by your influence, just like you were able to forgive, just like Paul was able to forgive, just like David was able to forgive, though we also come before you, that Lord, you deal with our hearts and bring us to the place to forgive absolutely and unconditionally. Deliver us, O oh God, from meditating on the offense, to meditate on the word of God, for that is your word. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now, anyone hearing me who doesn't know you, I pray the Lord you bring them to your saving knowledge by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. My brothers and sisters, if you follow this prayer with me and you have followed this teaching, I pray for you right now that you look for a Bible-believing church and commit yourself there so that the Spirit of God will have clear-cut influence in your behavior and conduct. Don't leave it. And those of you that are already filled with the Holy Ghost, don't leave it to their stomachs. Leave it to character change and behavioral change to the glory of God. The people who know you in the past testify that the Spirit of God has come into your life and your change in character is a credit to the Spirit of God that came into your life. Your life will never be the same, but you know what? Watch out for the next series, the continuation of this broadcast. Greater things are going to be shared with you. You will look out for more things that can happen when someone is truly affected by the Spirit of God. I pray that it will be well with you. And as you look out for the next broadcast, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He lift up His face upon you and be gracious unto you. May Jehovah lift up His countenance on you and give you peace.
God literally bless you. That was Reverend James Hanson Saki of Christ Chapel Ministries International. Thank you so much. If you've been blessed by this message, please visit our website and send us an email. And if you're interested in any of Reverend James's messages, you can also purchase them from our website, which is www.christchapel.org.uk. If you want to fellowship with us, you can. Visit our website for all our service times. May the Lord continue to fill you as you thirst and hunger after His Word. Christ Chapel Ministries, building lives and transforming destinies.